Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Finance in a Flash. Today we conclude our series titled Financial Planning Opportunities and Mid-Market Downturns by outlining a few planning options that can be really helpful during this period of time. We go over Roth conversions, refinancing your mortgage, and reevaluating your budget. We again thank you so much for staying with us throughout the series, and let's get to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to Finance in a Flash for our fifth episode where we will be rounding out our series titled Financial Planning Opportunities Amid Market Downturns. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been highlighting specific examples of ways we can use uh, dips in the market or market downturns to create financial planning opportunities. So far, we've discussed reevaluating your risk tolerance, discuss, we discussed market timing, rebalancing, and then our last episode, we talked about tax loss harvesting. And to end the series, we're going to highlight a few more ways, just kind of like an overview, a bird's eye view of um, some financial planning opportunities, uh, because the ones we've issued so far, I guess, you know, Chip, you can agree or disagree, have really been, I guess, investment related. But this podcast is going to take a little bit of a turn um, and then kind of lead us into the next couple of episodes where we will have on Aaron Campbell who's also a CFP and CPA at our firm, where we will be discussing tax-specific topics. Yep, tax and planning-specific topics, which is really, you know, if we think about our firm, that's our emphasis. And, and, you know, uh, investments are a major component of that. But we really like to spend a lot of our time and resources on the planning side because that's where you can make such a huge difference for people and, and really help clients out. Yep, exactly. So going forward today, uh, the first topic we're going to talk about is Roth conversions, and we are going to do an episode later more in depth uh, with Aaron about this as well. But we're going to give an overview now as kind of a precursor to the future. Um, So Chip, Roth conversions are a good strategy a lot of the times, but can you give, I guess, a few examples of why it's specifically uh, a good time to do it during a downturn in the market? Yeah, I mean, when, when you have a downturn in the market, um, it, it of course, everyone's situation is different, but oftentimes you see people in uh, their situations have changed. You know, if I think about what's happened now, I mean, there are uh, some people have their income is going to be down just because, uh, you know, their job situation may have changed a little bit. Uh, also required minimum distrib- distributions for those people um, over the age of 72 has been suspended. And so from our standpoint, that can represent a great opportunity uh, during a period when income levels are down to, and you're in a lower tax bracket, to take advantage of those lower tax brackets and convert money that uh, would be taxable uh, coming out from an IRA or 401k plan and converting that into a uh, an account like a Roth uh, that's never taxed again. So you're, it's just simply a play on the fact that uh, it, you're at a lower tax bracket and your income tax uh, threshold is, is and your tax situation is a little bit different. Yep. So, uh, and, and I guess to highlight something which maybe I should have done first. So, um, I guess the process uh, for this is to contribute to a Roth, there's an income limit. If you're single, if you're filing single on your tax returns, your income has to be essentially below uh, the phase out range is $124,000 to $139,000. And if you're married, it's $196,000 to $206,000 phase out uh, in 2020. 
So if you are above that threshold or if you're in that threshold, you're either phased out or you cannot contribute to a Roth. So essentially the process is you would uh, contribute money to your IRA or if you have money in your IRA, you take a certain uh, dollar amount of that and then you essentially convert it, meaning you pay the taxes on it right then based on your income, income taxes, and then that money goes into your Roth. So then when we pull it out, that money is not taxed. So what would be, uh, I guess, uh, an advantage, uh, I guess, wanted to highlight of maybe doing this at a down point in the market? Yeah. And just to backtrack a little bit, you know, to us, we, if you look at a person's circumstances holistically, uh, we like to look at uh, what we call tax attribute diversification. So we like to see a uh, situation where people, you know, oftentimes people come into us and all of their money is in, for example, 401k plan. Well, you know, when you start taking distributions out of 401k plan, every dollar that comes out of that is taxed. So we like to work with people to help generate uh, a diversified uh, approach to taxes because it's so beneficial in retirement when you're taking distributions. In other words, we like to see some portion of money in personal brokerage accounts, uh, which you know, is taxed differently from a 401k plan. Um, and then we also like to see uh, people who have money in Roth IRAs. And so, you know, oftentimes people are beyond the income level that you kind of alluded to, and they can't really contribute to Roth IRAs while they're working. But there are periods of time in people's life, and oftentimes it happens to be during these transition periods or recessions or uh, things like that when people's income level drops. And, and honestly, oftentimes it's right when someone it's, – it's right when they retire, but it's before they take Social Security and before they're required to take distributions from their IRAs. So you know, sometime between the ages of, let's say, 60 and 72 – where you can uh, get the most maximum benefit from Roth conversions. But the reason to do it when the market is down is because you're uh, basically leveraging the fact that uh, you're pulling money out of an IRA or 401k potentially when the market is down. And so you're, you're taking the uh, – and you can convert shares. So you're taking, you know, let's say 300 shares of a specific mutual equity mutual fund out of an IRA and you're converting those same 300 shares into a Roth. Well, if you think about what happens over time, this happened back in 2008, 2009, uh, and it also has actually happened uh, this year as well. If you can uh, take advantage of the timing of this um, you know, massive decline, those 300 shares that we convert into a Roth are going to be worth more at some point in the future. And so you've leveraged the fact that um, the, the market is down and you're taking advantage of the timing of that. Yeah, a- exactly. So if that money was in an IRA or a 401k, we would have to pay taxes on the gains once we take that out, correct? Yeah. So whenever you, if it's, if it remains in the IRA, that impacts certain uh Things, For example, you know, you're required to take money out at age 72. Well, if you're going to be in a relatively high tax bracket at that point in time, um, that could impact lots of other areas of your tax life. For example, you know, the deductibility of medical expenses. You know, the more income you have, the the less likely you are to be able to deduct medical expenses. Also, it can impact Medicare premiums. So, you know, it's kind of a play of taking advantage of... 
uh, low tax rates now uh, and also a low market because we know that at some point in the future, uh, a person's tax return tax rates may be higher or the tax rates in general may be higher. I mean, I can tell you right now that our tax laws right now and really the rates are going to change. It's already set to sunset uh, in a couple of years. So, you know, tax rates are going to change. And given the fact that, you know, there's all of the stimulus money and that sort of thing, uh, a um, one conclusion that people are making and one uh, assumption is that tax rates are going to rise in the future. And so we have to be careful about that, take advantage of those time periods where you're in a low bracket, and a Roth conversion is one way to do that. Now, I don't want people to, to go out and convert their entire IRA. Um, you need to be very strategic about the dollar amount that you contribute because I don't want to see you in a situation where you know now you've converted an entire IRA and now you're in the very highest tax bracket. So I want to take advantage of the lower bracket uh, but be very strategic about that uh, whenever you you go through that process. Exactly. I mean, it, it, that is a good point that, you know, this is definitely not for everyone listening in. Roth conversions may not be a good idea for you or everyone listening to this podcast, but I think it is a great opportunity to take advantage of that. Per se, you know, you're in a, one of the highest tax brackets. Right now may not be a great time to pay tax on, on that amount because, like I said, you're in one of the highest brackets and the, that bracket may go down in the future when you're you know, retiring and paying the tax on that distribution. So I think it is important to point out what you said, that it is not a good idea for everyone. But I think you know, we should definitely look at that in most situations to say, at least look at it and say, does this make sense for this person or not? Yeah, and go through the pros and cons. You know, So we would say, okay, well, this is what the tax cost will be if you, contribute, if you do a $10,000 Roth conversion. This is what the tax cost is if you do a 20000 Roth conversion. And just go from there, have discussions with people, evaluate uh, what's going on, and, and think it through in the context of their own financial plan. And so to me, it's just a case-by-case basis. And, and Roth conversions are certainly not one of those things where there's a rule of thumb uh, that you can kind of apply. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And so that that was a, a good precursor to Roth conversion, to, especially if you had you know never heard of those before, never really heard of that strategy. And like I said, in a few weeks, we'll be um, doing a more in-depth episode with Aaron, uh, our tax ex- expert on um, different ways we can use that to uh, enhance your retirement plan. And moving forward, uh, I think, you know, we were discussing other opportunities that might be helpful during this time. And I think refinancing your mortgage um, is, is a great opportunity to do that as well, a great time to do that. And, and why might that be exactly? Well, again, this is one of those things that's a case-by-case basis, yeah. and we're not an advocate for um, – debt by any stretch. I mean, I think that by and large, we think that going into retirement, people need to be uh, almost debt-free. Uh, they, they just tend to be happier. But for some people, it may make sense to consider a mortgage refinance. I mean, interest rates have uh, hit you know, right around uh, historic lows yet again. And so, you know, if, we, if you have a mortgage that is, you know, let's say above 4%, uh, it might be a good time just to at least scrutinize that. Go out and get a couple of quotes. Think about the cost uh, to convert uh, into a, a, and refinance into a, a lower interest rate. Now, just because it's a lower interest rate does not mean that it's a good deal. 
I mean, to me, you need to look at uh, really what we would consider the break even of that. So, you know, if you if you start the clock ticking again on a brand new mortgage, uh, then you may be contributing less to principal than you were before and more to interest, even though your uh, your, your payments, your monthly cash flow to the mortgage may actually go down. So it may not necessarily be a great deal uh, to consider refinancing just because the monthly declines. Exactly. And you have to take into account closing costs and um, all those fun little um, extra fees as well. Yeah, there always seems to be a tack on of, you know, a, an origination, an appraisal fee, you know, yeah. all of these different little things that can come up. But that needs to be considered uh, in the grand context of this type of decision. Yeah, exactly. And it may just be something that you something that you can bring up to your uh, financial planner. Maybe they can get you in contact with someone who, who can do that. And I do think it is important to look at, especially with interest rates being so low. Absolutely. So, and then moving forward, um, also think, um, you know, it's a good time, especially if you're in the distribution phase, which again, we've explained, uh, before, but just to reiterate distribution phase essentially is that you're retired. Now that you're retired, we're taking money out of the portfolio instead of the accumulation phase where we're putting money in and doing that. The objectives, goals, way we do planning is completely different from both sets of people. So for example, you know, it might not be, I guess, as important for someone to restructure their budget who's in the accumulation phase during a downturn than it would be for someone who's in the distribution phase. Um, and I guess, like, why, why is that? Where, why is that that disconnect, or why is it more important? Do you think for especially people in the distribution to really look at the their budget at this time? Yeah, I mean, I think it it's it is important for everyone from the mm-hmm. standpoint that you know cash flow drives everything. It drives how much we contribute to savings. It it uh, drives uh, really everything um, from a financial planning standpoint. But those people who are in this distribution phase, it is especially important uh, to to scrutinize your expenses, um, especially for those people who are taking withdrawals that may be. Um, approaching that upper threshold that we kind of think of in our minds is, you know, anything above 4% uh, distribution is kind of on the brink of um, uh, insustainability over a long period of time. So, you know, uh, but nevertheless, you know, if, if your portfolio has declined as a result of mark, what's happened in the market and you're taking out distributions, that withdrawal rate may have gone up a little bit. And so I just think I'm not saying that you need to uh, make major changes because honestly, I think that's happening in this case um, mm-hmm. automatically. I mean, we're hearing of uh, vacations going away and uh, you know trips that have been planned is kind of going away. People aren't eating out as much. There's all kinds of things that have changed um, here as a result of the pandemic. But I think that it's always good to scrutinize that. Where do you stand? Uh, is it Would it be beneficial to, to stop or reduce that monthly a little bit um, if, if you have that opportunity to do it? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I wasn't, you know, and I think I might have misconstrued this, but I'm not saying it's not important for everyone to evaluate budgets during this time, but I just, you know, especially when we're taking that money out of a portfolio, when the portfolio is more than likely down amid, I mean, it's going to be down amid market downturns, you know, I think that, you know, it's extra important to do that. Absolutely. No doubt. So, um, you know, and then 
pretty much as as we close up here on the series as a whole, um, you know, I think it some there is something to be said for those people who have had or may have cash that was sitting on the sidelines or may have been in savings, and let's say that they are in a good, you know, cash flow standpoint, their job, you know, they feel like it's secure. Um, I, I think you know if we having that ability to invest that money that may be sitting on the sidelines and at a downturn, I guess I was going to say, what are your thoughts moving forward? I know they may be a lot different now. Like we mentioned last episode, you know, we're recording this on June 18th. Um, the market's up 40% since March 23rd. So I guess as we, as we really close out here, if we, let's say someone does have that money sitting on the sidelines and all things being equal, you know, they're good standpoint with their job, um, their cash flow is good. Their, you know, their nest, their savings are good. What would your, you know, I guess ad- not advice or strategy be if we were to experience this decline again in the next couple of months, which may be, you know, happening. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, we're never going, it's never going to be a perfect, it's not going to feel like it's a perfect time to invest. And, but I, I would say, take a bigger picture standpoint and say, okay, when am I going to need this money? If this is exactly. money that is not necessary for, you know, five years, 10 years, uh, especially 10 years plus, you know, returns are, even if you buy now and the market declines in three months by 25%, it's not really going to matter if you're not going to spend the money in three months. And so, you know, I can tell you that 10 years from now, the markets are going to be at a different place and a much higher place than where they are now. And so, you know, returns in any kind of money market or savings are just going to be far inferior long term to a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that you need to uh, be uh, not be careful. I think you need to be make sure that your the portfolio fits your risk profile and um, and your personal circumstances. But it, it's it's always going to be and feel treacherous to invest. Uh, but you just kind of have to step back and say, well, this is long term money. If the markets decline by twenty percent next week, th- that's fine. I've got time to to um, withstand that. And so it's in my mind, as long as that time horizon is right then it's always a good time to, to invest. Yeah, and you that's a, a crucial point is time horizon, especially when we're talking about investing when it might not seem uh, like the smartest thing or, you know, you're nervous or especially at time, you know, it's volatile. We, you know, we saw, you know, I think last week where the market, I think, you know, S&P 500 and Dow were down 7 or 8% in one day. And, you know, the next day it starts out 4% pre-market up. So especially in times like this, it, if we have a time horizon, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, can we really look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what? I think 30 years from now, the market's going to be in a worse place than it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not very likely. Yeah. Uh, not very likely at all. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I just think that that is, um, that's the key going forward um, is really look at that time horizon and also your risk tolerance, which we talked about in episode one. Um, you know, as we wrap up, this series here is there anything that uh you you want to add as we wrap up the series title financial planning opportunities amid yeah i mean i would just say just in wrapping up everything and just to think about the fact that you know market downturns periods of economic uh stress and turmoil those are all periods of time where people are prone to make mistakes 
and um, you know, and you can make some huge mistakes during this period of time. Um, and so, to me, uh, as an investor, as someone who's uh, looking forward to the future and planning for the future, you have to kind of ignore a lot of the fear and a lot of these. Get yourself out of the um, uh, situation of worrying about what the media says on a day-to-day basis and focus more on longer term and bigger picture and, you know, recognize that these points in time have historically been great um, periods to uh, do the opposite of what feels normal. You know, it feels normal to exit the market and run. It feels normal to stockpile uh, cash. Uh, It feels normal to pay down low interest rate debt uh, that's tax advantaged and things like that. So to me, you kind of have to think those things through uh, strategically and and make decisions based on uh, your long-term and your personal circumstances. And to me, that's where advisors uh, add an enormous amount of value. And, um, you know, so I, I have seen that over the course of my career and uh, just keeping helping people stay focused. Yeah, I, I agree. And I was going to bring up that last point too, is why I think it's so important to have an advisor at these times. I mean, we're talking about your money here where, you know, a lot of people, you know, are super nervous about, super scared about. It's actually the number one cause of divorce in in America. You know, it's a, it's a touchy subject. It's a scary subject. And to have someone, you know, I feel like we have someone that we go to for all of our, our problems or whenever we make big decisions in our life, like, you know, whether it be marriage or a job or, you know, you have, a doctor that you lean on to for health reasons. Like, I feel like it's so important to have that person who you can kind of use as a sounding board and help you maybe from making rash decisions and who knows more about that area than you do. And I think that's super important to to have an advisor to really talk you through these situations. I mean, you know, we can speak, you know, you more than me through experiences. You know, I've been working full time here at Beacon for two years, but it's a whole lot easier um, being someone's advisor when the market's up 30% than when we're in a pandemic and there's 40 million unemployed and the market was down 33%. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But it's so critical too, that, that, that you stand by and partner with clients during this period, because that's when they need you the very most. And it makes the largest difference, honestly. I mean, I can tell you right now that some of the decisions that we've been making, why and helping clients work through uh we, we'll see the benefits of those in you know five or ten years from now and you know we'll we'll be better off for it yep i, I definitely agree with that and and you know you point out a lot of times like you know we did this action in 2008 2009 we did made this decision 2008 2009 and you know that's 10 years seems like forever ago it was only 10 years ago and Um, you can really see, you know, if you stay the course of the financial plan, stay close to your risk tolerance, your, you know, all of those controllables that, you know, it it turns out, it turns out better if we don't make these rash decisions like you just mentioned. Yeah. And you just make small adjustments and refinements over time and, uh, you know, kind of stick to the plan, uh, that has been thought up, you know, and drafted and uh, evaluated in a time where you're, thinking rationally. And so, yeah. you know, it just, it's just a, um, you know, you plant those seeds today for, uh, you know, that, that harvest in, in 10 years from now. Yep. I, I agree. And, uh, everyone, thanks for, uh, listening to the series. We, you know, had fun doing it as our first series and it, 
it is pretty astonishing that when we started this series, you know, we had the idea, um, you know, of topic of doing it amid a market downturn. And then in two months, the NASDAQ hits an all-time high. The S&P is back almost to where it was. The Dow's almost back to where it was. And it's like, you know, these things happen so, these things happen so quickly that you really have to be ready and in a position as an advisor to make these decisions, you know, rather rapidly, because as we've seen, you know, a lot of these, you know, tax loss harvesting or rebalancing or like you could have missed the boat on these just in a few weeks, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that works, uh, works out. Yeah. So it it is, uh, times, especially now are are rapidly changing and, um, staying on the course is important as ever. So Chip, thanks for, uh, you know, being my sounding board and, uh, the expert on these issues for our, our first five. And uh, again, thanks everyone for listening to Finance in a Flash. Mm-hmm.